I'm Dr. Tracy Marks, board-certified psychiatrist, and I believe mental health does not have to be a mystery. So I create educational videos on mental health issues and self-improvement. Learn more at markspsychiatry.com and visit my YouTube channel by simply searching Tracy Marks on YouTube. Now to today's topic. What's the difference between hypomania and mania? Can your diagnosis change between bipolar 1 and bipolar 2? That's what I'm talking about today. This is to help you understand what mania is. It's not to help you diagnose yourself. If you think you have bipolar disorder, you should see a doctor or therapist to be evaluated. Bipolar disorder is really defined by the presence of mania or hypomania. Depression is present in both bipolar disorder and unipolar depression. So if you're at the stage of wondering, do I have bipolar disorder? The first question that you and your doctor or therapist have to answer is, have you had a manic episode? Because mania is the defining characteristic of bipolar disorder. Here's an example of how that question looks practically. John comes to my office and says he hasn't felt well for years and his close friends say that he should really look into whether or not he has bipolar disorder because he's been depressed for years and it just keeps coming back. This is a common misconception that if you have depression that keeps coming back, it must be bipolar disorder. When I get this question, what I try and figure out is what does your mania or hypomania look like? If you've never been manic or hypomanic, it's not bipolar disorder. And here's how we define mania using the fifth edition of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. A distinct period of abnormally and persistently elevated, expansive, or irritable mood, along with abnormally and persistently increased activity or energy lasting at least one week and present for most of the day, nearly every day, or any duration if you need to go to the hospital. Before we go any further, let's break this down. The key terms here are abnormally and persistently. So you have mood changes and energy and activity changes that are abnormal. This means it's not happiness that may seem abnormal to you because it's been a while since you were happy. We're talking about happiness or irritability that's way over the top and people notice it and it looks abnormal. Now, yes, abnormal is a relative term, but probably the better way to think of it is that is it behavior that stands out in a negative way. This might look like you're planning to run for president, even though you have no political experience whatsoever, or you're feeling so on top of the world that you're going to end world hunger with this one idea that you just came up with. An irritable example would be you're going to go to Dr. Mark's mental channel and make her know just how much she's pandering to Big Pharma and custom write a five-paragraph discourse that you're going to put in the comment section of every single video. Now, all these things I talk about take a lot of energy, but when you have hypomania or mania, you have the energy and the time to do these things. And you may stay up all night or most of the night working on these projects for multiple nights in a row. What does the increased energy or activity look like? It would be more than feeling motivated to go to the gym four days in a row and then crashing and not wanting to go anymore. That four days that you went to the gym is not evidence of manic behavior. Instead, 
This might look like spending four to five hours at the gym every day in your 50. If you do that at 20, that might not be abnormal. Or it could be excessive cleaning and organizing. Now, if you have family visiting and you need to spend all week cleaning your house, that doesn't mean you're manic. This would be an excessive and abnormal amount of cleaning that generally has some negative impact on you, like maybe you're not sleeping because of it. Okay, the second part of this criterion is that these mood and energy changes need to last at least one week for mania and four days for hypomania. Both can last much longer than that, but that's the minimum amount of time. So if you wake up one day and think, I want to be the next president, and then you start researching what you need to do to be able to get this to happen, and then tomorrow you're like, never mind, you didn't have one day of mania or hypomania. Hypomania is a constellation of multiple symptoms that last a minimum of the four days as defined by the DSM. And that's why I don't support the idea of ultradian version of bipolar disorder, where you have one-day episodes of mania or depression. The next part of the criteria is that during this period of the mood and energy and activity changes, that you must have at least three of the following seven symptoms. And if your mood is irritable, then you need at least four of the seven symptoms. And these are things that are a noticeable change from your usual behavior. Inflated self-esteem or grandiosity. This goes back to the example of knowing that you're going to be the next president in 2020, even though you haven't even started to work on getting a following to support you for that endeavor. Decreased need for sleep. This could be going a few days without sleeping at all. Or it could be sleeping two to three hours each night and still feeling rested the next day. And this is different from trying to sleep but having trouble sleeping because you're worried about a deadline that you need to meet or you're going over your to-do list for the next day. This is losing track of time because you could be up doing things and not even realizing that it's 4 a.m. and you never got in the bed to go to sleep. But then you do and you sleep a couple of hours, and then you spring back up ready to go for the next day. The operative phrase here is that this is a departure from your usual behavior. So if you're someone who puts in a lot of hours at work or school, and you routinely sleep three to four hours every night, then your poor sleep is not a sign of mania. It's your usual. Number three, being more talkative than usual or pressure to keep talking. Some people are generally more talkative. In fact, some people with ADHD can be more talkative or have a degree of pressured speech. This kind of pressured speech that we see with mania tends to be more noticeable to other people than it is to you. Your experience may be that you've just got a lot to say and the ideas are flowing. The person listening can experience it as an assault of words. They can feel trapped under just a wall of talking. And this is different from the person who just talks a lot. Usually that person is interruptible. But with mania or hypomania, it's very hard to jump in and interrupt. Flight of ideas or subjective experience that your thoughts are racing. As your mania ramps up, it can get to the point where your racing thoughts outpace your ability to keep up with them. And in this case, internally, you experience it as your mind is all over the place and you can barely think. And this is what we refer to as flight of ideas. Your thoughts are just going a mile a minute. And instead of this being a positive experience that your thoughts are just flowing nicely, 
it becomes a negative experience that your thoughts are disjointed and all over the place. Distractibility. Here, your attention is too easily drawn to unimportant and irrelevant external things. Increase in goal-directed activity, either socially, work, school, or sexually, or psychomotor agitation, and psychomotor agitation would be purposeless, non-goal-directed activity. Psychomotor agitation can look like pacing, lots of fidgeting when you're sitting, or it can look like getting up to do things but not really doing anything. So someone watching you may see you moving about a lot in and out of rooms, in and out of the house. And if that person asks you what you're doing, you may not be able to give them a meaningful answer because you're actually not sure what it was you were intending to do. But there is a subjective experience that you can't feel settled. It's almost like anxiety, but you don't really feel nervous. You just need to move about and do things. Then the last one of the seven is excessive involvement and activities that have a high potential for painful consequences. And this would be things like buying sprees, sexual indiscretions, and foolish business investments. So what do we have here? We have an abnormal mood and an abnormal energy level, along with three or four of these things that I just listed. And with all of these things happening at the same time, it causes severe problems in your social life, your occupational life, your school functioning, or it requires hospitalization to keep you from harming yourself or others. Or you have psychotic features like hallucinations or delusions. A common kind of delusion is called ideas of reference. A person will believe that the radio or television is specifically speaking to them. And it's not that you hear the television say something that it didn't say. You can experience that, but that's different. That's a hallucination where you think or you think you hear something that doesn't exist. With ideas of reference, you're hearing what's really being said and assigning a different meaning to it that lines up with the delusion that you already have. Here's an example. You believe your coworkers are trying to get you fired. And anytime you hear someone say the word projections, you believe that that's a signal that there's a ring of people who are working to get you fired. So saying projections is their covert way of letting you know that your days are numbered. Now, even though you work in a marketing company and the word projections is something that's used in that industry, you can't be convinced that projections is not a code word. That's an example of ideas of reference and a common way that delusions can manifest with mania. Hypomania is all the same that I just said, except the symptoms only need to last four days and it doesn't cause the same problems with your functioning. So with hypomania, you still may be able to go to work or school. The symptoms are still noticeable to others though, but it's not as severe. In fact, some people enjoy the hypomania because it's a relief from their depression and they feel better but you still will look amped up to other people and maybe causing a disturbance. But you don't need to go to the hospital. The police are not being called because you're showing up to work naked and you're not psychotic. If you have psychosis, it's mania. Real mania or hypomania is usually obvious. It's like clear the room level of hype. People can usually feel the energy in the room. Sometimes you may be talking loud and other people think you're angry or yelling, but to you, you're just talking. 
there's just so much power behind your voice that because of your energy and enthusiasm, it comes off to other people as yelling or sounding agitated. If you have a manic episode, your diagnosis is bipolar 1. If you have hypomania, it's bipolar 2, and you will have recurring episodes of hypomania and depression. But once you have a bipolar 1 diagnosis, it stays that way even if your future episodes are hypomania. So you can have a manic episode this year and then have future episodes that are hypomania. They never rise back to the level of mania. In that case, your diagnosis would remain bipolar 1 and it doesn't change to 2. On the other hand, you could start out with hypomanic episodes and later on down the line become psychotic during one of your hypomanic episodes and your diagnosis would change from bipolar 2 to bipolar 1. In other words, if you later on develop mania, you would upgrade from 2 to 1, but you never downgrade from bipolar 1 to 2. In the big picture, though, it doesn't matter that much that you don't get downgraded from 1 to 2 if you never have mania again. The treatment or the medication treatment is largely the same. What's different here really is the course of your illness and how much time you spend in the depressed state. People with bipolar 1 can have recurring manic episodes back-to-back and very few depressed episodes, whereas people with bipolar 2 can have longer and more frequent depressed episodes. Thanks for listening. If you have any feedback, questions, or would like to submit ideas for shows, check out our website at arslongamedia, and that's A-R-S-L-O-N-G-A dot media, or send an email to info at arslonga.media. This podcast is for educational purposes only and not intended for medical advice.